You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, man? Welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And on today's show, we are also joined by John Kegley, one of the original members of the show as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you guys go to builtbar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Before we get started, we are three riders who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination. San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over six seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly. And now this is our fourth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, well, it seems like whenever we put a show together, I mean, brand new stuff comes out, then we have to change the show all around. And that's kind of what happened a little bit today because we did get some news that the Chargers have solidified their coaching staff and we have official positions for some new coaches we hadn't heard about. So we're definitely going to be getting into that. We're also going to be talking about Brandon Staley's press conference. He talked about a lot of very interesting things about what he was looking for in his coaches, where Joey Bosa and Kenneth Murray are going to play and much more. So I'm happy to get into that. And then also at the end of the show, it is Free Agent Friday, something we're going to be doing going forward. I'm sure we'll have other days we talk about free agents as well. But we want to make sure every Friday as we get towards free agency, we're covering some guys. So we thought we might as well start with the Super Bowl teams. And there's some bigger name options that are probably off the table, but, you know, it's never too late to dream. So let's go ahead and get into it. The Chargers released their official coaching staff for the 2021 season on Thursday, and there were some names on there that we hadn't seen. Most notably, they had Meyer Chidari, who is going to be the assistant special teams coach. He has done a ton at the collegiate level, most recently with the University of Hawaii, but he was also the Falcons special teams assistant from 2018 to 2020. They have defensive quality control coach Isaac Shoemaker, another guy who is pretty young, but he's only been a couple of years as a coach, as a grad assistant at the University of Tennessee, and also as a defensive analyst at the University of Alabama. So definitely some notable programs there. But one of the guys that I was very excited to see on there was Jay Rogers, who Brandon Staley, when talking about him in his press conference, called him a superstar and a future defensive coordinator in the NFL, a guy that was up for the defensive coordinator job for the Bears and didn't get it before coming over to the Chargers and is going to be the Chargers outside linebacker coach and their defensive run game coordinator. So, David, we saw that Giff Smith was still on the coaching roster on the Chargers website and we were like, okay, well, where does that mean that Jay Rogers is going to go? Because we know he's not going to be the defensive coordinator We know he's not going to be the defensive line coach. And now the Chargers seem to have gotten the best of both worlds. This is someone who is revered in NFL circles, a guy that did great work with the Chicago Bears and spent time with Brandon Staley there. And now the Chargers officially have him on the coaching roster. And he's got some great chops, too. I mean, I'd give him some credit. But it's going to be a great approach to have a couple of great minds. We we all know that Joey Bosa has a great reverence for Giff Smith and that even Brandon Staley talked about how he had worked with some coaches with the Rams that were impacted by Giff Smith. So he was just wondering, wanting to know if Giff, if Giff wanted to continue with the Chargers and he was, if he was going to be on the same page as Brandon Staley with his vision. And now that he's going to be in tandem with Jay Rogers, you got a couple of great minds. And it's also just in line with what Brandon Staley wanted to get done with his coaching staff. Just have a, a bunch of guys with a 
diversity of backgrounds working together and really assembling an A-team. I think that's what this was all about. And also just the, some new titles that is new to the Chargers. We just haven't seen run game coordinator on the offensive side or defensive side. So it's going to be interesting to kind of get some more information on what that additional role entails. Yeah, we're definitely seeing a lot of new coaching positions opened up by the Chargers in the first year of Brandon Staley. But a couple of other guys that we didn't know a lot about going into it were John Timu, who's obviously a former NFL player who played with Brandon Staley in his time with the Chicago Bears. He was a Bears linebacker from 2015 to 2017 and has spent the last couple of seasons since getting out of football as an assistant coach with Washington in the Pac-12. We've seen a lot of reverence for college coaches so far with Brandon Staley. This is the Alex G. Spanos coaching fellow role for the Chargers, and that is basically just an internship. It was formerly had by Ryan Miles, the son of Ron Miles. So this is something that before was, you know, one of the coach's sons who was trying to get into coaching. This seems like it's going to be someone that is going to help a lot more, probably helping out with the linebackers because that's the position that he played. They also have Dan Shamish, who is the offensive assistant, who's in his fifth season with the Chargers. He last coached as an offensive assistant, mostly focusing on the tight ends. But one of the guys that didn't show up on the list was Northwestern's Cody Shada, who is expected to become Brandon Staley's special assistant, according to reports we've seen on Thursday. And it says that Shada will be overseeing analytics, among other aspects, with the team. He was with Northwestern for a long time, 10 seasons with Northwestern. And basically what he did there was that he was an NFL liaison, assisting NFL personnel with their visits and helping student-athletes understand the transition. But the other things that he was doing was building the analytics and strategic parts of the football team with Northwestern. And John, anytime that you're seeing analytics, you know, coming from a time with Anthony Lynn, I think it gets you excited. Especially when you have a guy like this who did stuff also with like marketing and dealing with money and stuff with the staff. He was doing all that while also game planning and, and worrying about analytics and logistics for Northwestern. So this is a guy that was multitasking and still getting the job done enough to make a difference on the team. Now, if you take him to the Chargers and he just has to focus on stuff like analytics, especially with Brandon Staley, who is going to be really big on stuff like that, because Anthony Lynn obviously didn't listen to it or didn't use it, whatever the situation was. You have Staley who wants to use it, and you have a guy whose main job was to do that while worrying about money. Now he just has to worry just about analytics. You got a nice little piece here that the Chargers just got today at the last second. Yeah. And well, I think it's just a great addition to the analytics department that did not exist before Brandon Staley was the head coach. And it seems pretty crazy to think that it took till 2021 for the Chargers to really invest resources like legitimate resources and people into analytics because it's been all over sports for a long time, Daniel. Yeah, I mean, before the answer to the Chargers analytics department was, we got a guy. You might not know who that guy is, but we promise you he's in there crunching the numbers. So it's nice to see the Chargers actually giving out some legitimate titles to some of these people. But this is a guy to me, not only was he involved with the analytics and trying to get the most out of Northwestern's players going up against powerhouses like Ohio State and Michigan and all of the teams in the Big Ten when you're, you know, having lesser players for the most part because of the academic part of Northwestern where you have to have good enough grades just to actually go to Northwestern. I mean, it's not the same at every school. It's different for different schools. So Northwestern's always kind of 
up against it. So and them being such a good program over the past 10 years, I think he had a lot to do with it. And he knows, you know, how to put these things together and get the most out of players when you might not have the most athletically gifted or talented guys on your team. But the other big one, John, was Michael Wilhoyt, which we didn't really know who was going to take over for Joe Barry because he obviously took a position with the Green Bay Packers as their defensive coordinator. And unlike Anthony Lynn, it seemed like Brandon Staley had a backup plan for his linebacker coach. He obviously knew, like you talked about, you know, you said he might already know he's going to be the defensive coordinator. And now they get Michael Wilhoyt, who, if you remember him, was actually a player in the NFL. He was a linebacker for the 49ers for a long time. He was with the Seahawks as well, played in 79 career games and also played a ton of special teams as well and is coming from the Saints where he spent two seasons there as a special teams assistant and a defensive assistant. Which is two things the Chargers needed, right? <laughs> we needed help with a special teams and with defense. So while he's being a defensive side, he can also give his input, which is something Staley was talking about, how each coach can push each other and challenge each other. And if one coach can't do something, another coach can. This means we have a guy who, even though he's going to be doing defense, might be able to look over at special teams and go, well, hey, what if we try this? It's just stuff like that's going to make these guys multi-useful, basically. But the fact that he was a player most recently also means that he has knowledge of how the game is now versus having someone who played, like, say, in the 80s and is coaching now. You Now you have a guy who played recently and has been coaching recently, so that's double the knowledge that you're going to get out of this. But I think the big part to mention this is what you just mentioned. He already knew who he had. He already had an idea who he wanted. So – it's not like he just picked this guy up last second because there was a deadline or something. He already knew what he wanted in this guy. So he, we already have a bunch of guys on this roster who Staley is comfortable with, that Staley knows about. And he didn't just put these guys together last second. Because I don't know if you remember when Anthony Lynn was putting some guys in. He basically kept a bunch of guys and just added like a few others. Well, think about this, this John. His backup plan for the special teams coordinator was himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Anthony Lynn basically like when this when he first came in, he basically kept most of the guys and just added a few others. It's like he didn't put any thought into it really, right? And now you have a guy who did the whole entire staff, has connections with people, has research on people. They all seem to have the same kind of background for the most part. They're all either relatively young or relatively experienced. So there's a lot of homework that went into this and you grabbed a guy in Barry who was a big name lost him and you already had a guy in the waiting you already had a plan b that shows how much staley has been studying these guys well another thing about getting coaches especially from college as well i mean obviously this is a former nfl player but former nfl players obviously have an easier time connecting with guys because they know what it takes to make it at that level they know what the day-to-day grind is like but at the collegiate level too now you have insight into a lot of those programs, right? Now with Northwestern, you're not getting only insight from him. Yeah, it's not just, hey, how were those players that you had at Northwestern? It's like, hey, who were the guys that stood out to you in the Big Ten? You know what I mean? So now the Chargers have coaches from all over the country who have extensive knowledge of who the best players are at that level, right? And we're talking about recruiting and all of those things. I mean, this might be some low-key master plan right now to, you know, really figure out and help the scouting department as well. And that's the one thing we've heard, right? It's going to be a cohesive thing. People are going to be working together. So these coaches talking with scouts, all of these things, it seems like it's all going to be just one melting pot of everyone just giving their best information to each other and knowing what to do with that information, most importantly. But 
talking about contingency plans, I just like to think of Anthony Lynn be like, you know what, I'm going to go out there and find somebody to fix this special teams unit. And to his defense, he did okay with it after he took over. But he's like, hey, John, Tom, I found the guy. He was right there in my mirror all along. But we do have two more segments to get into because we do have to get into Brandon Staley's press conference for the first time talking about his coaching staff and the first time talking since his initial press conference. And he had a lot of interesting things to say that you guys are going to want to hear about. And we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about the best protein bar on the planet and a special new flavor, the coconut brownie chunk flavor, which is sweeping the nation. And by the nation, I mean all of the Locked On podcast hosts. I know David has a box. I have a box already. David, I know you tried it and said you absolutely loved it. Oh, man, it is spectacular. I am not a guy who likes coconut, and I thoroughly enjoyed this. This is not just lip service. I mean, you should see the group chat from all the Locked On hosts. This coconut brownie chunk bar has been, I mean, pretty much everything that everyone is talking about in there, maybe even more than football, but it's going to be dark chocolate, coconut, real chunks of brownie. It doesn't get any better, and it has only 150 calories with 15 grams of protein, 7 grams of sugar. That's it, and it's a limited time flavor, guys, so make sure you go get it today at BuiltBar.com, and don't forget, you can always use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, for 20% off your next order. All right, guys, well, it's time to get into Brandon Staley's second press conference as the head coach of the Chargers. And let me just say that another press conference goes by and another, you know, moment comes to pretty much all of us that this guy is just different, right? I mean, all of his answers are so clear and concise. David, I know you put a post out about it on Twitter. It's just like this guy just seems like he has an answer for everything. He never comes off condescending as Anthony Lynn did at times. He never seems like he's, you know, trying to be the smartest guy in the room, which we've heard from a lot of his former players and coaches. I mean, this guy absolutely nailed it. And the other thing I thought was interesting is just his plan specifically on what he wanted from the coaches that he brought in. Yeah, I mean, I loved it, man. One of the reporters asked him, basically point blank what are you looking for like what went into your evaluation process when you were trying to go out and get these coaches like what what were the traits the core traits that you needed to see and he said character and capacity and he said that multiple times throughout this press conference but he elaborated and said your ability to teach and lead ability to build relationships be an expert in your field and be confident in the fact that you are the subject matter expert on what you're bringing to the table. Also, you know, he wanted a collection of people from a diverse set of backgrounds, which is also a very, you know, a buzzword for, for him in this press conference, a competition of experiences, a competition of ideas and a track record of development. And I think that last part right there is extremely important to me because we haven't seen a lot of development. So, The fact that he zeroed in on and was looking for guys that had a clear track record of development, that really makes you feel excited for the fact that the Chargers are going to get the fact that they're going to bring some of that to this Chargers team because there are several players that are, I think, on the cusp of that if they get the right direction, if they get the right leadership, if they get the right training, then they could unlock some of the things that we knew, that we saw in college that was there in the pros. So that's one thing that I liked. And also, just to, uh, you know, to finish my thought there, he also wanted to be on the cutting edge of how you teach, how you lead, how you evaluate, and how you scheme. So Brandon Staley saying some some great things. And, and yes, Daniel, I think the more you hear him speak, the more you believe that the Chargers really made a smart choice 
in hiring Brandon Staley as their head coach. At least you don't have to hear the words, you got to have faith in the players in this press conference. Yeah, no, I mean, it definitely was like press conferences we haven't heard from a Chargers coach probably ever, uh, but definitely in a long time. But the way he was talking about how he picked these coaches made me think that he just like brought in the like most energetic best coaches around the country and put them on some sort of gladiator you know arena of some sort and like these are the guys that made it out alive i mean the amount of times he talked about competition in this coaching search and and also just talking about the fact that one of the big things that's important to him is like hey we wanted to sell them on it too. Like I want to make sure these guys want to represent the chargers have pride in representing the chargers and really, and he, he even hated saying the word sell. He said, I want to tell the truth about the chargers and get these guys excited for the vision that we have for where we can go. And I thought that was a really interesting point as well. The way he talks about it is just really refreshing, right? And he also just gives very, you know, straightforward answers. And I thought another thing that stood out to me, too, was just him saying at one point that he's met in person 20 to 25 of the players. And the players he hasn't met in person, he's basically called or reached out to all of them at some point. So he's continuing to build those relationships. But one of the things that I'm glad got asked in the press conference was just what the roles were going to be for certain players, John. And there's two players in particular that he had interesting answers for, and that is Kenneth Murray and Joey Bosa. So with Bosa, he said everyone likes comparison, and he compared him to Khalil Mack, which is, you know, doesn't get much higher than that. Two of those guys are some of the best in the game. And honestly, has Khalil Mack been the same without Braden Staley? I would argue maybe no. But he was obviously pretty good before he went to the Bears as well. But what he talked about with Joey Bosa on this defense is just, hey, he's not going to be in any prototypical spot, but he's going to be at the edge of the defense. He's going to be attacking. Said he could rush on the interior as well. And I think that was interesting just because he also just talked about the fact that they're never going to be in their base defense less than 20% of the time. Or is there really going to be like outside linebacker 3-4 kind of thing that's going to change a lot? We know Joey Bosa can be a stand-up rusher. He can rush on the interior. He's big and strong enough. You're, you know, talked about Alden Smith in that way, too, just because of his length. And then the other guy is Kenneth Murray. And we were all wondering, is he going to be an inside linebacker or is he going to be an outside linebacker attacking the football? Brandon Staley is saying, hey, he's going to stay inside. He's going to stay behind the ball, as he put it. And he talked about he wants him in the middle of the defense because he can do so many different things in coverage or as a pass rusher. So it doesn't mean he's going to be less aggressive with him, but that is interesting to know that Joey Bosa is just considered, you know, an edge defender on this defense and Kenneth Murray is considered an inside linebacker. We also refer to him as the off ball linebacker. So not only will he just, is he going to be the inside middle linebacker, they're not going to try to keep him anywhere else. Once you once you call someone an off-ball linebacker, you're not expecting him to be moving to the outside. But I've seen coaches that say, oh, he's our middle linebacker, but they like to line him up really far outside as like a, a guy that's going to cover basically the slot receiver or something. But they, he's specifically going to be that guy that's going to be calling the plays in the middle. He's going to be your guy that is going to be that chess match piece. Like when Steven Cooper is with the Chargers and him is Peyton Manning, we're going back and forth. Kenneth Murray's going to be expected to be that guy. So this must mean that he believes he has the IQ to do this type of stuff. And he had a lot of praise to give Kenneth Murray. So he might be the new star linebacker. He, he's going to have to be with what you traded to give to get him, even though that wasn't Staley's job to do that. It was all the Anthony Lynn era, but he's it's what the Chargers did for him. So you're going to have to use him like that. And then with Joey Bosa, 
you have no choice but to use him as a pass rusher. That is his strength. That is what he leads the league at doing. Everyone talks about Joey Bosa not as a guy that can fake you out and drop into coverage. He's not a guy that holds a running a quarterback in the pocket by like just outside contain. You know, he rushes people. So the fact that he recognizes Joey Bosa's strength and is going to use his strength shows that Staley's not going to be this Anthony Lynn guy that wants what he believes is right and knows how to use his players' strength. It's already good things that we're hearing right now. We're not hearing things like, oh, well, maybe we'll line up Bosa as a def- as a nose tackle and see what happens in this 3-4. <laughs> hopefully he finds his way out of this. Yeah, But I think you feel confident that they're going to scheme ways to get Joey Bosa more one-on-ones, and that's something that we did not see enough. And we know that w- when it's one-on-one with Joey Bosa, he wins. Well, even if you try to do stuff to, like, have him coming from another angle, like if you're like a, against a young QB who's in his first or second year and – you pull a stunt where Bosa is coming in in the middle, lining up with a guard who doesn't see it coming, and the quarterback doesn't see it coming. You just gave Bosa a new strength and a new strategy to come at someone's QB. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I don't know if any of us are worried about Joey Bosa and if he will be productive. I think we're all pretty confident that they will find the best way to use him. I mean, Brandon Staley has found ways to use guys like Bradley Chubb and Von Miller and also Khalil Mm -hmm. Mack and Leonard Floyd last year with the Rams. I think Joey Bosa will be just fine. But one of the other interesting things that I thought, and another good question, this time it was from Daniel Popper, was just if Brandon Staley went out of his way to pick coaches from great programs. And he said yes. And I think when you look at that, you look at you know guys from the Bears on the defensive side like Jay Rogers. You also look at guys from the Packers like Kevin Coger, Shane Day from the 49ers. Joe Lombardi from the Saints. I mean, the Chargers are going to great offenses and great defenses to find these coaches because he wants to take things from those systems. And he knows that these guys have worked, as he put it, in winning systems and competitive systems in the NFL. The places these guys have gone, they have found success. And he's trying to bring that into this Chargers coaching staff fold. And I think that that's something that's really exciting. Obviously, he has connections with a lot of these guys. But he's going through the league, finding the most successful offenses, you know, finding the most successful defenses, and a lot of times taking these teams' best coaches, you know, guys that are very highly thought of. And I just think it's crazy what he's been able to do in this short amount of time and the positions that he's been able to fill. But another time... And I love how he remembers everyone's family's name, too. Just before we go, that's one thing that's super impressive is with any coach, any player, it seems like he knows their wife's name, he knows their kid's name that kind of intimate relationship building has already begun. I know. Yeah, he said Justin listens. Jones's wife name, and I don't even remember it. <laughs> yeah, he he listens. That's one thing that's important. He actually listens. And players he, recognize that, that too. Means, yeah, and so do coaches, too. That means that he knows that they're willing to – he'll be willing to listen to their input. He's not going to sit there and say, yeah, you you might have a point, but we're going to go with what I want. Like, he's willing, he's going to want to listen. If he can remember everyone's the wives' names – or even their children or something. I, as, if I'm a coach, like an assistant coach in this team, I know hey, if I give an input saying something like, hey, if you actually, I don't know, play zone around Julio, he's less likely to catch the ball or something, whether that's accurate or not. Just giving an example, he'll go, oh, that's kind of something I'll, I'll look into. I'll look into the film of that and put it in the game plan. It's a big piece of this. 
Well, he encourages that. He said that you can't take this as far as you want to take it with one way of thinking. So that collaborative process, that back and forth between his coaching coaching staff and his front office is what he is trying to foster. And that's all you can ask for. And, of course, it still has to gel. It still has to work together. I mean, these are a lot of guys from a lot of different programs that are going to have to buy into a completely new system. And they have to do that to some extent just to get the job. But it's not as easy as it seems. You know what I mean? All these guys still have to come in. They all have to be cohesive. They all have to listen to each other. And they're coming from a lot of different backgrounds to have to kind of do that. So he said, you know, today was like the first day of freshman year in high school. Like that's what it felt like as these coaches are all getting together. A lot of introductions being made between these guys. So it still has to come together. We still have to see the results. But It's been a truly exciting process, but we do have one more segment to get into because we do want to talk about some free agents from Super Bowl teams that the Chargers could potentially target this offseason, and we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that an official betting sponsor of the Locked on Chargers podcast is BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are still all in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Whatever you want to bet on, you can find it at betonline.ag. Their real-time updated odds and props give you the best in-game betting experiences, and BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. All you guys have to do is head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you guys can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is use the promo code locked on, all caps, one word, bet online, your online sports experts. And don't forget to use the promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. All right, guys, well, we have one more segment to get into, and we're going to be doing our free agent Friday segment. I know to this show is going pretty long, but we didn't get to do a show yesterday. So we thought, you know, might as well give them a long show for the Friday show heading into the weekend. And Last year when we did this segment, I feel like there was a lot more viable options. I think there's a lot of players on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs to look out for the Chargers in free agency that wouldn't excite people, and I think a lot of people probably wouldn't even know who the players are. But there's a lot of you know big-name guys that are headed into free agency for both teams. So, David, when you took a look at the free agents-to-be for each of the Super Bowl teams, what stood out to you or who stood out to you as far as guys that you would love to see on the Chargers? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of guys that obviously we would love to have, but it's probably a little bit out of the reach, either financially or just because they're probably going to stay with the their respective teams. But Shaq Barrett and Levante David, I mean, I would be remiss if I uh, would not say I would be extremely excited and happy to have a, a, a guy the caliber of Levante David there mixed in with Drew Tranquil and Kenneth Murray. That would be pretty phenomenal. But we know that that's more than likely not going to happen. But from the Bucks, a couple of guys that would be a little bit more uh, attainable would be Ndamukong Sue. I think Sue is definitely a, a person at this point in his career that he's probably not going to be asking for a lot of money because he is on the tail end of his career, but he's still productive. He's still a guy that has some juice, as we were talking about before the show, a guy that can still make an impact. So, And we know that this Chargers defensive line still needs some help, and if you got a guy in the middle that could rotate with Linval Joseph and get and get things opened up for Joey Bosa and Shannon Wosu to get some more one-on-one pass rushing opportunities, uh, and a guy who's pretty stout against the run. I mean, I think Sue would fit right in. Uh, and then from the Chiefs, a couple of guys that I, I thought were okay was Bashad, Bashad Breland, the corner, who had a 72.9 coverage grade. 
Austin Ryder is a phenomenal center for the for the Chiefs. He did not allow a sack in 590 pass block sets last year. And then for some depth on that defensive line, Mike Pinnell, who again is only 29 years old. I think there's some tread left on the tires there. And there's just, those are some guys that I think if you bring those guys in, they could either add some depth or provide some good value. When Shaquille Barrett and Levante David would obviously be very nice. I mean, one's coming off of a 20-sack season a couple of seasons ago. And Levante David was everywhere in that Super Bowl. I mean, making plays left and right. But, unfortunately, the Chargers probably aren't going to shell out, you know, 16 to $18 million for a pass rusher or $10-plus million for a linebacker. So, I think that's the problem with that. But, super fan Zach actually has called into the, the show on the voicemails and talked about bringing in Chris Godwin, who is going to be an unrestricted free agent for the Buccaneers. A guy who made $800,000 last season. And has been basically making nothing, you know, his entire time in the league. He is going to be a guy that's probably going to command around $20 million a season. I mean, look at what Keenan Allen just made. Chris Godwin's numbers over the last couple of seasons have been up there with the best in the league. This year he had a lot of injuries, but we know how good of a player he is. I don't know if the Bucks are going to be able to retain him. I'm sure they're going to try to. But you'd have to wonder, is that really an option for the Chargers? Probably not, but... If they wanted to go discount barrel, John, I think, you know, somebody like Brandon Staley could talk maybe Sammy Watkins or, you know, one of these lesser known guys into potentially signing a cheap deal with the Chargers and adding some depth at that position. Sammy Watkins is a guy that's on my list. That's a speedy little guy that could join the the ranks of the Tyron Johnsons and the Jalen Guytons with what the Chiefs were doing with all those speedy guys in their office, which is almost impossible to stop until they ran into Tampa Bay, you might want to add some of that speed and some of that success onto your team. So Sammy Watkins is a guy I had on mine. Another guy is a uh, we had one Sorensen on this team, so why not add the other? You know, Daniel Sorensen, but <laughs> he he's pretty good at jumping routes. Even after he hopping. punched Tyrell Williams, oh, get, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> But this guy actually is able to read plays and jump on the routes. Like, does he does he jump him enough to get interceptions? No, but does he tackle them right away so that a three yard completion in the flats isn't seven yards or ten yards? I'll take someone like that as a safety, even if it's a backup safety or someone that's going to play a lesser role. Even if Derwin James goes down again, now you have Swordson. I'm willing to spend money on a guy like that. But I, I like what David brought up with Austin Ryder. That's a guy I like too. Oh, yeah. I mean, anybody on the offensive line, I mean, from either of these teams, a lot of the guys that are going into unrestricted free agency for the most part are backups, but there's definitely some talent there and definitely some depth pieces that could be much better than the depth the Chargers have had over the last couple of seasons. But unfortunately, the big splashing names, the Chris Godwin, Shaquille Barrett, Levante David, those guys are probably, first of all, staying home, but second of all, probably out of the ballpark for the Chargers. I mean, that's you know usually where... Teams like the Jets or the Jags come in with their, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in cap space to go sign guys like that. So I don't think the charge will be in play. But that second tier, that mid-tier of those free agents, there's definitely some guys to look for that could potentially make an impact for the Chargers. But this is just the start of our, you know, free agent, looking at our free agents for the Chargers in 2021. It's coming up in March. By then, you guys will be fully updated on how we feel about other teams' free agents coming to the Chargers as long as they stay away from wide receivers for the most part. Because Sammy Watkins isn't even allowed to come because the Chargers do not know how to hit on free agent wide receivers. I mean, Eddie Royal was fine. 
I guess. I guess that would probably be the closest one. But Danny Woodhead is the best free agent receiver that the Chargers have ever signed. But that is going to do it for today's show. We'll be back with you guys on Monday. I'm sure we'll have some more news for the Chargers by then. We'll also get into our Mock Draft Monday 2.0 on Monday. So make sure to check back in with us for that. If you guys don't already, make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there and make sure to rate and review. We would really appreciate that. And if you guys also don't follow us on Twitter, you can find us at Locked On LAC. You can like the Facebook page at Locked On Chargers as well as giving us a follow on our new Instagram page. You can find that at Locked On Chargers as well. We'll be doing another voicemail show soon. If you guys want to get your voice on the Locked On Chargers podcast, the number is 323 323- 524-7924 and we're trying to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show but that is going to do it for today's show you guys have a great weekend we'll be back with you guys on Monday until then take it easy and go Bolts